Friends, today we celebrate Jesus going home to God. And with so many people being asked or forced to work at home during this coronavirus pandemic, somebody quipped on social media this week that the ascension is the celebration of Jesus finally getting to work from home. That the ascension is the celebration of Jesus finally getting to work from home. That the God who sent the person of Jesus at Christmas, which we celebrated five months ago, who actually descended to be among us and to share our human nature, that same God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ now ascends. At Christmas, he descends. Today, he ascends to his rightful place at home with God. Not to just sit there, of course, and do nothing. He works tirelessly in union with God in the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to shower the world with his blessings. I wanted to focus my homily today on a tension in the, and an apparent discrepancy in the text of the timing of the ascension. And if you read my uh, bulletin article this week, you'll get uh, the same uh, discrepancy sort of spelled out. And the tension is this, that in uh, the traditional understanding of ascension, 40 days after Easter, comes from the first reading that we heard today, from the first, from the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, in which Luke, who the same uh, Luke that wrote the Gospel of Luke, is also believed to have written the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles is kind of like volume two of Luke's gospel. And in that first reading, we hear that for 40 days, Jesus appeared to people, giving them proofs of his resurrected body. That for 40 days, and and Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 presents it at the end of those 40 days, he says farewell to his apostles, and then a cloud takes him up to his heavenly home. So we celebrate in the church ascension 40 days after Easter. Now, uh, theoretically, that's always on Thursday, uh, 40 days uh, right after the Easter season. In most places in the United States, we move it to Sunday so that we can celebrate. So we're actually about 43, 44 days uh, after Easter. But what's really interesting is if you turn to the last three verses of Luke's Gospel, so Luke chapter 24, verses 50 to 53, the end of Luke's Gospel, same author as the Acts of the Apostles, and you just work back throughout that chapter at the chronology, it becomes very clear that Luke has Jesus ascending on the night of the resurrection. That it's on the night of the resurrection, according to Luke chapter 24, that Jesus ascends to his heavenly Father. So how do we make sense of this tension between the 40 days and his ascension on the night of the resurrection? Well, the traditional reconciliation of this has been to say that he, in fact, Jesus, in fact, did ascend on the night of his resurrection to his heavenly home. And that all of the appearances we have come to know and love over the course of those 40 days were him coming from heaven to earth in these kind of heavenly visitations. So think of 
uh, the story of Doubting Thomas. The story of him cooking breakfast, Jesus cooking breakfast on the sea and Peter jumping out of the boat to go and see him. Think of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Think of all these resurrection appearances we often think of. According to Luke, and according to this interpretation, Jesus in bodily form is coming down from heaven to visit earth and then going back up again. I call this yo-yo Jesus. And in fact, I tried to find a prop, a yo-yo, because I feel a little outdone by Deacon Justin last week with his prop. And, you know, I'm not going to light a cigarette up or a cigar right up here in church uh, that's unsafe, Deacon Justin. But uh, I was trying to find a yo-yo. It's hard to find a yo-yo anymore. So I don't have a prop. But I call this yo-yo Jesus for 40 days, heaven to earth, earth to heaven, heaven to earth, earth to heaven, heaven to earth, earth to heaven, back and forth. That's a really fascinating interpretation of the ascension. So what is the 40 days mark? The 40 days marks the finality in which he says, okay, in bodily form, I'm not coming anymore. I've shown myself. I've given enough proof. I've given enough appearances. In bodily form, in my full natural mode of presence, I'm no longer going to visit. But but it always comes with the promise and the consolation of the Spirit. That no, I'm not leaving you orphans as we heard last, last week in the Gospel. No, I'm sending my Spirit, and my Spirit is going to make my bodily presence form, present form as mediated through visible signs. Right? This is what we call the sacraments. That in fact, every sacrament is a kind of heavenly visitation in which the body of Jesus is mediated, is, is given to us through visible signs and through the power of his abiding spirit. So the, sacram the sacraments may remain that encounter with his physical body. And that's one of the tricky parts about this whole time in the church. And one of the, the uh, things I outlined in my video uh, this week um, on kind of general considerations as we are reopening. And one of my lines has been that the sacraments are stubbornly tactile. Stubbornly. Like they're stubbornly about physical touch. They're incarnational. That's why they can't be received virtually, for example. I've had a ton of people ask me during this time if they can go to confession over Skype uh, or over Zoom. And of course, the church has always taught that none of the sacraments can be experienced virtually. They're all incarnational encounters. They're the, they're the spirit that's manifest in the material. And so that really intense mode of presence of person to person is so essential to the sacraments. And so as we try to reopen and like figure out how to navigate all sorts of things, there are certain things with the sacraments that it's just really difficult to cut any, cut any corners because they're, they, they are so incarnational. They're so much about touch and about uh, the, the, the encounter with the bodily presence uh, of Jesus. So in that interpretation, which I find really compelling, Jesus, yo-yo Jesus, is coming back and forth from heaven to earth, giving his disciples his bodily presence. And on 40 days after, he says, okay, my bodily presence under its full natural mode of presence is no longer going to be with you, but I promise you I'm going to send my spirit, and my spirit is going to make my bodily presence present to all of you through visible signs, through the sacraments, through the church, through other people, 
through, through natural signs like nature, through all other ways in which we can experience a little-ass sacrament of an encounter uh, with the divine. So the Lord never leaves us without his bodily, physical presence as given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's an incredibly consoling message that we don't celebrate today. Jesus ascending to the Father and being aloof, just being at home, working from home, and never calling in for any of the meetings, right? No, no, no. He remains incredibly active, exhaustively active in trying to be in relation with his people through continuing to to visit us through the sacraments, through the gift of his Spirit, which he promises us at the end of the Gospel today will be with us always until the end of this age. The ascension is sort of the answer to Christmas. If God descends, is he going to ascend? And if he ascends, is he going to take us with him? Right? Because our basic dynamic is the same. We come from God, created by God, but we are called eventually to return to him, to that home that I talked about a few weekends ago, that home in the heavenly mansion that has been prepared for us. So at Christmas, we celebrate the God that descends to be among us. Today, we celebrate the God who ascends and who, in ascending, lifts us up so that we might work from home with God forever.